Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Lambert. And my name is Travis. <laughs> oh, Bean. Sorry, I've got coronavirus over here. And uh, today no. we're talking about everything we need. That is something that none of us need. <laughs> no, it isn't. I don't actually have coronavirus, but I, I to be serious, this song really does highlight uh, the importance of appreciating the things around you because, yeah, you want to go to the bar and yeah, you want to go to the store and buy a whole turkey, but you don't need to. Everything you need is in the fridge, uh, in the man or woman next to you, or just within yourself. Or maybe you have a dog or some shit. Like, that's all you need. There's there's time to appreciate the things in our lives and connect with people in a way that we don't normally do, which is beneficial in scary times like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Chris, what have you been doing uh, while you've been on lockdown in your home? Uh, this, <laughs> I've been on lockdown <laughs> in my home for years now, <laughs> so not much has oh. changed. It's do you have advice mostly, for our listeners then? Yeah. Uh, Netflix, Hulu, HBO Now. <laughs> a PlayStation 4, and books, you know? Mm. Books. I don't, I don't know about the last one. There's only one book that matters to me. What's that? The Bible, my good man. Oh. <laughs> oh, you bringing it back to the show show. Fully immersed in the Bible these days because of Kanye. I just had like a surreal moment the other day because somebody was mentioning uh, Jesus is King, and I just straight up was quoting like, well, you know... Uh, <laughs> there's this great moment on everything we need that involves two Peter one and Peter talking about blah, 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 blah. Which like, here I am like, yeah, I knew nothing about the Bible before this album came out. I'd even realized <laughs> that like Genesis was literally the start of the Bible. I had no idea. And now I'm just quoting sections from the Bible. Yeah. And we're really getting to know people like Peter and Job pretty well. And today I, I think we're going to learn a little bit more about them. Poor fucking Job. <laughs> Poor Peter, too. That dude did not go out well. <laughs> no, no. At least Job got to end his life in a good place. That's too, That's true. It's bleak times for both, but yeah, Job got maybe the better, the better deal. Mm, yeah, it's inspiration that, you know, you can always weather that storm inside. Oh, shit. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Um, well, so everything we need is the sixth track on Jesus is King, the much maligned <laughs> Jesus is King. And if you've been following along, our, our basic theory is that Jesus is King operates with a chiastic structure, meaning that you have a front half, a pivot point in the middle, and then a back half that kind of has a a mountain shape where you kind of climb up, have the have the point at top, and then go down the other side, and there's kind of a mirredness about it. Mm. In this case, you have kind of a, an instability in the first half where Kanye's trying to live a life that he thinks is holy and in the spirit of the Bible, but there's a lot of tension and conflict and negative emotion. Keeping perfect composure when I scream at the chauffeur. I ain't mean I'm just focused. I ain't mean I'm just focused. Put a lean out slow. No, you push your buttons like typewrite. This is like a movie, but it's really very lifelike. Every single night, right? Every single fight, right? I was looking at the thing. Try stepping onto my land. I draw the line, it's written in the sand. Try. Me and you will see that I ain't playing. 
And then after we have these pivot points with everything we need and water, you have uh, a far more beneficial and peaceful process with the whole endeavor mm. where it seems like he has transcended to a point of understanding and behavior that is much more in line uh, and much more Christ-like than what we see in the first half struggles. Yeah. And it kind of differs from like a typical narrative structure like Kanye has actually been doing <laughs> on a lot of his albums like Kyle Strapout, Jesus, Life of Pablo. There's a discernible story to follow with kind of a traditional act one, act two, act three. Um, what's different about a chiastic structure is it's as opposed to what we're used to in Western storytelling, it's very Eastern and it's very meditative and reflective. Uh, so that's what the album comes to represent. And it's not necessarily that like, uh, bad stuff happens in the beginning and good stuff happens in the second half. It's more that Kanye is a follower of Christ throughout the album and the album then becomes a reflective look at yourself, at Kanye, and the way he lives as a Christian, and the best way to live as a Christian, because you know, in the beginning of the album, he's he's fighting for his family, he's fighting for his freedom to be himself. Like there are good things there. Um, I just think when you take the album as a whole and you consider how um, much calmer he is in the second half, and the kind of character we get coming out of everything we need in water, we then get a more rounded vision of Kanye. So it's not necessarily an up and down journey, but it's just this holistic look at him and how he is as a Christian. He did something similar with Yay and Kid See Ghost, where because there is a contrast from the front half to the back half, you can get the implication of linear movement in the same way that Western stories mm -hmm. seem to have. But it's more so in the context of like these things almost coexist that it's not it was this and it's now this it's kind of the the whole thing this is just the whole of it um, totally and you have this portion and you have this portion and that differs in a way in terms of as you were saying like Jesus or the college dropout where it's scene by scene in a linear story where each successive song is following the events of the previous song and on yay and kidsy ghost that doesn't really and jesus is king seem to be the case where it's necessarily consequential between songs it's more so this is just the snapshots of the state of being here and snapshots of the state of being now mm. yeah and it makes sense that they all have that chiastic structure then because a big part of Kanye, you know, at this stage in his life and his career is he's been looking back at himself and how he, who he was versus who he is now. And that's kind of the whole theme of yay, you know, Kanye dealing with being bipolar is there is no old and new Kanye. Like the world likes to divide him as, you know, it, he, he, there's just Kanye. There are ugly and beautiful parts of yourself. And all you do is try your best to control those ugly parts and bring out the beautiful as much as you can and just, live as who you are and you know that's really i think that's why he's really latched onto the chiastic structure because he's found solace and peace with acknowledging that i am who i am and i i just have to be connie like i can't ever be ashamed of who i am or of my past like it is what it is and i am who i am and here he is doing and jesus is keen at the turning point here we are and the structure tends to be related a lot to the bible and mm. we know that Kanye kind of started reconnecting with the Bible after his hospitalization at the end of 2016. So it is telling that all of his albums have been the more classical cinematic Western structure um, up through the life of Pablo. And then afterwards, as he starts getting into the Bible and more into its classic narrative structure, that's a bit more European, Middle Eastern... Uh, Eastern in nature, you see a change in his album structures. Yeah. Love it. Well, let's get into the song. Yeah. Everything we need. Uh, do we want to talk about the storm up front or save it for the end? Um, yeah. I, Cause I think it's good context for the sound of the song. Yeah. 
I know a lot of people really like the storm, which was what the sound originally was on Yandi. And every, you know, everyone loves the Yandi leaks and are really curious about what that album would have sounded like as a whole. Um, and I think the key difference between that song and everything we need is the storm was uh, a much busier song. There was a lot more going on. There were more people featured. There was a verse from XXX Tentacion. And that's really, I think, speaks to the discipline of Kanye on the songs that he stripped that whole away to really capture this kind of humbling attitude about everything you need is around you. Like, you don't need all this extra stuff. You don't need the noise. You just, everything you need is right there. Yeah, it's, it's curious because... You look at the storm, the original version, and I feel like it's hard to figure out what the context would be without really doing like a big analysis of yeah. Yandi. But it does seem like there's more focus in the transition to everything we need. Because when I look at the storm, I, I, the main message doesn't necessarily jump out to me as much, especially with uh, XXX's verse. I'm kind of like, okay. Mm. Is this getting at similar things? Like, is there a contrast between XXX and, you know, is he the storm? And that was the storm inside, kind of the same way that Kanye used the features of Assassin and Chief Keef and uh, Designer on Yeezus and the Life of Pablo to capture more of this darker element and attitude to then contrast with the growth that he's experiencing or the vulnerability that he's experiencing. I could see that and that's cool, but there's something more focused on everything we need that I feel like I end up appreciating a bit more. Yeah, that feels like latter-day Kanye, right? <laughs> like we're all annoyed that his songs are so short, his albums are so short, and there's not as much musical prowess when really I think there is prowess because he's been disciplined enough to like strip a song like this back. Like it is de demarcation point in this album. It needs to be the turning point between the stressful Kanye life Kanye lives in the first half and the more fulfilling the more fulfilling life he lives in the second like this when he's able to just like appreciate the things around him like this song needs to be kind of stripped of all the noise and drama that floods every other song in the album yeah and that's really the tension of the old and new Kanye labels right uh, getting back to the discography elements where people usually associate old Kanye with the dropout trilogy uh, 808s, even My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy to a certain degree at this stage, I think. And the new Kanye to like Yeezus, Life of Pablo, um, these recent albums. And it's like the storm might feel more of that old Kanye in that it's more of a song in the way that you expect songs to be, where everything we need, as you're saying, is like stripped down, is less so. But that's because it's serving its purpose on the album in a far more efficient and effective way. So weaker as an individual product, stronger as part of the whole. Yeah. If you view strength as like that much going on in a song, sure. <laughs> yeah. Some people do, right? Yeah. I mean, I think you totally hit the nail on the head though, is that Kanye is a storyteller. He's somebody who crafts these big bodies of work. It's not just about the individual song. The song gains so much power from what's around it. Yep. Very much so. At least at least for us and how we listen yeah. to the albums. <laughs> uh, so everything we need. Um, you may be wondering why the title change from The Storm. And some of that might have to do with, as we know, Jesus is king. Uh, Jesus did the laundry <laughs> on Yandi. <laughs> and things got cleaned up and shifted. There are a massive amount of biblical references. So when you look up everything we need in the Bible, the thing that jumps out is 2 Peter 1, which uh, I guess it's the second book of Peter, the first mm. part. And it's from a section where Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. 
Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. That's the intro. But this section comes from confirming one's calling and election. So Peter writes, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. His divine power has given us everything we need (laughs) for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Seems to be a bit in line with part one, right? And especially serving as a tipping point for a change in behavior. I Right here, it's setting up that it's, it's through these things that you can escape the corruption in the world caused by your <laughs> evil desires. That's very, very telling. And in line with a lot of what Kanye had been talking about in the mini press tour that followed Jesus is King releasing, uh, during Sunday services, Kanye has talked very often about leaving behind the evil desires, how he had been working for the devil and now is working for Jesus and that he's just in a different place mentally and spiritually than what he was. I wonder where he got that idea from. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, as you described, Connie got really into the Bible after the big fallout we had after the St. Pablo tour. And it was just, moment of reflection for him we really had to take stock of himself and find out what mattered in his life and how disconnected from god he had become and how much he had become this sort of nebuchadnezzar type figure that he you know he keeps talking about nebuchadnezzar this this king who built a gold statue and like wanted people to worship him like a god and kanye i, I mean that that uh section from peter i feel like just describes kanye's entire life (laughs) like not even just like this last this latest period of his career because Kanye's you know he's he's lost his mom he he's been in a terrible accident he's had so many confrontations with with death and loss that he's constantly had to take stock of himself and find the thing in his life that will push him forward and make him a better man and it always keeps changing he always keeps finding new things that are fulfilling and here, you know, it's kind of reached its apex. It's God. It's this connection with God. It's understanding God and being a good Christian and being Christ-like and doing good in the world. And, you know, I, I feel like that, that section from Peter that you read kind of describes that perfectly. And the next paragraph just adds to that for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Mm. I feel like that really sets up the, again, the change of behavior that we see. As we have noted, there's a calmness and a clarity and a patience that pervades all the songs after everything we need. Uh, In stark contrast to the earlier uh, kind of anger and Mm -hmm. tension that's present on songs like Sella or Closed on Sunday, the combativeness that's there. So... This section really does seem highly connected and imperative <laughs> and the inspiration for this pivot point on the album. In, in an interesting pivot point, especially if you know this section from Peter from the Bible and you know what everything we need means, like every song before this has been antagonistic, combative, dramatic, uh, full of flair, uh, full of synths, like it, it, it's been kind of a crazy random album up to this point. Like Close on Sunday doesn't really sound anything like Follow God, yet both those songs kind of have this combative nature to them. Then to come to everything we need and for it to start with Ty Dollar Sign, just singing with no nothing backing behind him.
this completely stripped away sound that doesn't have any flair to it. It's and if you know what everything we need means in the Bible from that verse, like it's such a weird transition. And I think we'll see as the song goes, like there's a reason for that. You know, it's not like this song is a sudden turning point and Kanye is like, oh, I understand everything I need now. Like it's just my family. It's a song that's all about realizing that and what that transition looks like and how difficult it can be to realize what is important in your life. I, this is one of the things that we talk about with Kanye and the depth of Kanye albums a lot, and especially the recent Kanye albums, is people look at everything we need and be like, I wish <laughs> it was as deep as College Dropout Kanye or as thoughtful as Rose's Kanye, you know? And it may not be superficially in the same ways of that like line-by-line line context that's built up, but when you look at the title like this and the depth that's there and put it into contrast with everything else, there's a depth here and an artistry here that you don't get from those earlier albums, which is the reason why I will forever defend <laughs> uh, Jesus is King as not a lesser project in Kanye's discography. It's right up there. It's just different. Yeah. And, and I think this opening chorus from Ty Dollar Sign and Aunt Clemens really captures that. Like suddenly, you know, they're talking about there's the storm inside. And really that kind of describes everything we've heard up to the point in this album. Kanye's really, you know, Kanye's battling the public. He, he's um, battling these people who he thinks threaten his family. He, he literally wrestles God in a song. <laughs> Uh, but really, this is all just reflective of an internal struggle he has. Like, this is the storm inside, and this is what the song begins with. That's amazing. Yeah, right. If you needed any other, <laughs> like, confirmation that this is supposed to be a tipping point, you have the title coming straight from a Bible verse that talks about giving up past sins and feeling like you're in a better place emotionally and spiritually. And then the very first line, we began after the storm inside. So there was a storm, and now we're starting after that the storm's gone. Yeah, and we're going to get up into what the storm represents in the Bible. But, I mean, ultimately, and you can just get it from here without having to read the Bible, Like it, it almost feels like it's describing a baptism. Like you begin again after you get past this internal battle you're having with yourself. Yeah. And, God, time to talk about Job. We're talking about Job again? God. Talking about Job again. <laughs> All right. Do you want to lay out Job really quick? The the backstory of Job? Yeah. So Job was this dude that was really faithful to God, loved God, thought God was the greatest. And God, <laughs> what, God and the devil were talking or decided to have a, a test <laughs> of Job. They were playing poker. Yeah. They're just a little hold'em, a little Texas hold'em. <laughs> and the devil's like, hey, I bet like, if we throw a bunch of shit at Job, he'll stop loving you. And God's like, no. Job, no. You're Job's on, buddy. Job's the sweetest. Yeah. What? He's not going to... Go ahead. Do your worst. <laughs> Job just got, like, destroyed. All his Royally kids died. Fucked. Yeah. Wife died. Livestock died. Like, just all this death, all this ruin. And it's for years, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like over the course of years, his life is decimated <laughs> and tragedy after tragedy. And the whole time, Job's just like, God's got me. I know that it's going to be okay. Devil gets fed up and is like, fine, you're right. Congratulations. And God's like, all right, good job, Job. Good job, Job. <laughs> and rewards him by giving him like everything. Like, what was it? It was like seven daughters that were the most beautiful women in the land, 14,000 cattle, like 20,000 sheep. Like, I know I exaggerate a lot of my explanations of or like retellings of the Bible, but legitimately those numbers might be less than the numbers <laughs> that were like given. He was rewarded handsomely for his uh, trials and travails. Yeah, so, and I think that's interesting here because, I mean, Kanye's already talked about Job once, you know, on on God. He said, back when I thought Job was a job, or the book of Job was a job. And I think that that line really gets at this idea that 
what Job went through could seemingly feel like a job. Like it's just his life, you know, this is his work day is just like putting up a fault of shit. The devil's throwing at him. And Kanye realizes that it's not a job. It's just, it was a test for Job. It's this, it's just the way you're supposed to live your life. You must always have faith in God. You must always persevere through the storm. And that's what, this is why I, I think Job is important here on everything we need and kind of a continuation from on God, because there's a lot of storm talk in Job, for one. Uh, I did a quick search of the word storm in the Bible, and it happens like way more in Job than any other chapter or, or a book. You know, it happens like seven or eight times or some shit. And there, there are moments where like God literally speaks to Job through a storm. <laughs> so like the, wow. the imagery of a storm is very present in Job. And in particular, and I and mostly notice this because Genius pointed out Job 28, but it, it seems like the 20th chapter of Job is really locks into what's important here. Um, and just to go through it quickly, Job 28 starts with like 10 lines about man's search for like gold and material goods in the earth. But then it transitions into, okay, like we can find all these goods in the earth and we can extract as much material wealth out of it as we can. But ultimately, and all this digging and all this mining, can we find wisdom? And it becomes this metaphor for like what's important in life. Like, are any of these things important or is gold and silver and iron important at all if you have no wisdom? Um, they search the sources of the rivers and bring hidden things to light. But where can wisdom be found? Where does understanding dwell? No mortal comprehends its worth. And it starts getting at this idea that like you can't find wisdom this way. You can only find wisdom through God because God knows where wisdom is. And then the end of Job 28 describes the storm, the storm that was created when God created earth. Because, you know, as God goes through and, and sprinkles everything that's going to exist on earth, that means rain, that means thunder, that means floods. Like it means all of this seemingly treacherous events happen. And through that, it says that God finds wisdom. Then he looked at wisdom and appraised it. He confirmed it and tested it. And he said to, to the human race, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. And the connection here to Kanye, going to wrap this up soon, I promise, <laughs> is Job seems to be using the terms of wisdom and understanding to describe the ability, the ability to see the whole picture and act accordingly to be in tune with reality as God knows it, because you didn't create earth. God did. God understands what wisdom is. Like he understands where it can be found and it's only found through him because it's his land. So as humans, we can't find wisdom as we find in other physical things. We need God to give it to us. So when God says like, oh, you want wisdom? You have to fear me. You want understanding? Then turn from evil. And the storm becomes this visual representation of what must happen before you can rebuild. You don't know what's truly important in life or what you take for granted in life until you come close to losing it. You know, that's the storm. And from there you can rebuild. It's, it becomes this like metaphor for baptism. So as God speaks to Job from the storm, you know, literally speaking through a storm to him saying like, sorry, your life sucks. Uh, he, it's this visual representation of what Job is experiencing and why he has to persevere. He has to retain his faith in God if he wants to weather the storm and find God and find wisdom on the other side. Very beautifully said. It's, I mean, it, it, that's the one thing I really realized about the Bible is how much just the creation of earth and like, you know, revelations and like the end and this, this war for goodness. Like it's all just, it's all metaphors for like how people live their lives. And, and that's, I think what Kanye connects to. Yeah. And my cruder contribution to all of that. <laughs> is that when you look at the description uh, of the, you know, when he created the winds and the waters and rain and a path for the storm, it's literally, and a path for the storm, then he looked at wisdom and appraised it. So wisdom makes its appearance after the storm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know how purposeful of a reference that is or if it's more just coincidental, 
but it's funny to me that the idea of wisdom literally comes after the storm <laughs> yeah. and you have this line we began after the storm and as you said even with job like you could describe what happened to him as a storm of tragedy and it's after the storm that he's finally able to have his life resume and be blessed and be enriched through what he suffered so i feel like there's a lot going on in that way to add that context to what Kanye's experiencing. Totally. I mean, the next line, you know, is lay the land. It, it, you know, it starts with God, God created the storm. And after that he found wisdom and he laid the land, like this is earth now. And that's where this morning light comes in. Same thing happened to Job. He went through all this shit. And at the end of it, because he kept his faith in God, you know, his new life opened up, the, the land was laid, he got his family back, he got all this land and cattle and shit. And the morning light came in. And I, I think that's all Kanye's doing here is the storm that he's been experiencing internally in the first half of the album. After that, after you get through that and grow, and realize how to be a good Christian, like the land is laid and the morning light floods in. Just want to know, poor Job did not get his family back. He, he got a oh, new did he family. Not? He got no. a new one. You got a new one. Well, that's fine. I mean, it's it's kind of like getting it back, right? <laughs> kind of. Poor Maybe Job. Just name all your kids the same names. Right, and tell your wife that you renamed her. <laughs> well, I mean, it's Job. If you want to be of Job, you're going to have to change your name. <laughs> you're Alice. You're Alice. <laughs> I don't care what you were before. You're Alice now. Uh, uh, yeah, so... Uh, you have this kind of beautiful visual that comes from Ty Dollar Sign, and that's the intro, that something has passed us by, and in the wake of it, there is a sense of peace and refreshedness. There's a, a new morning. There's light. There's land. Like, here we go. Switch your, switch your attitude. Go ahead, level up yourself. This that different latitude. Life too short, go spoil yourself. Feel that, feel, enjoy yourself. Cause we have everything we need. And you head into the first verse with Aunt Clemens uh, wooing and hooing it up. <laughs> and again, again, if you needed any more confirmation, if you're like, oh, I think these guys might be reaching on this a little bit. The very first lines that Kanye says are switch your, switch your attitude. <laughs> it's time for a change in my demeanor. Yeah, it's right there. Like, So I know it might seem that we're making a lot out of very little, but yeah. Hmm. But <laughs> it's just, you know what? Right this We have to remember, though, it is Kanye. And sometimes the power in his words are found because like, there are double meanings or there's it's not that there are double meanings it's that there is more than one meaning like things don't just mean one thing and i think it's interesting here that you know switch your switch your attitude he's saying your is he saying that to himself or is this somebody saying to him like hey you need to switch your attitude it, it kind of carries that air to it that you're not quite sure what he means in the beginning there's a triple reading. Oh, like, yeah. Is he talking to himself? Is somebody talking to him? Or is he like preaching to us? <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it can go either either way on that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think the important thing here is that I, I, I keep, I don't know why I keep doing this. I keep trying to address like what people, criticisms that may come from people and how like that's not a good thing that like there's no clear meaning right away. But to me, that's the power of it especially here in the middle of the album, which it's a transitional song and Connie is really caught between, you know, the, the ego and the flair and the drama of the first half and the more reflective, thoughtful person we find in the second half, you know, that those two ways of looking at the line, like are kind of representative of that. Like Kanye isn't just one thing or the other. He's, he's both halves of this album and he's just trying to find solace and find inner peace with himself. Yep, yep. Uh, so you get switch your attitude. Uh, go ahead, level yourself up. You know, this that different <laughs> latitude, uh, which 
you know, level level up is common lingo after video games became so popular, uh, increasing your strength and your power. Like you level up in your career, you level up in your relationship, uh, you level up in whatever goals you have for your life. But in the case of somebody talking about spirituality and their relationship with God, there's mm -hmm. something a little bit more tongue in cheek about leveling up in this that different latitude you really are going to a higher plane of existence um, in terms of your spirituality. Mm -hmm. And physically, because he went from L.A. to Wyoming. Oh, yeah. That is a different latitude. <laughs> I think. I hope it is. <laughs> uh, life too short. Go spoil yourself. Feel that feel. Enjoy yourself. I, I, this might be more of a stretch, but... I tend to find, and I think Travis would agree, that a lot of the power and one of the main storytelling things that Kanye does is intertextuality, intercontextuality. So a lot of the songs uh, reference other songs or in the context of the songs that we've already heard. So when you're hearing All Mine on Ye, it's in the context of you already hearing yikes and the information that you have on yikes, right? Mm. When you listen to wolves, you should be listening to it with the context of everything leading up to wolves. And you should consider wolves and everything after it on the life of Pablo. Um, so with that in mind, when you get a line, life's too short, go spoil yourself. It may just seem very straight, forward <laughs> mm. uh, but when you consider it in terms of what Kanye had been saying in Closed on Sunday where he's talking about shutting himself away from everybody and not letting these influences into his life to corrupt his family uh, and especially on, on God where he's talking about not wanting to pay taxes <laughs> <laughs> and he's worried about his family starving and there's a sense of control and a need to control uh, your wealth because you're afraid that the wealth might run out and there's something that's a lack of faith in God and what God will provide in that attitude so when Kanye commits to believing in everything we need we will get from God then I feel like these lines are directly contrasting that attitude of trying to control what your kids encounter, trying to control uh, where your money goes and how much money you're charging and being really worried over that because you know God's going to provide and it'll be okay when you have that faith. So here he's being much more carefree than what he just was in the previous song. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, you definitely could read it that way and I, I don't disagree with it because I, I think the song is all things, <laughs> you know, like it, it feels like it's describing so many different ways of viewing the world, especially after, you know, that lay the land line and it gets into this idea of like how you see the world and the land that you lay, you know, it's not lay of the land, take lay of the land is this phrase you use to take stock of what's in front of you and just kind of understand what's around you. But lay the land means you lay the land, like you create your environment. So I, I feel like that that sense kind of like reverberates throughout the song and you know, this life too short, go spoil yourself line that could mean spoil yourself, like with your family, you know, like it's a very humbled way of looking at it. Like, you know, you've got your family, you've got your wife, your kids, uh, friends, family all around you. You have your home, like just spoil yourself and indulge in what's directly around you. Or it could be getting into like, the lay of the land is the world and you spoil yourself in the world. You go out and do things that make you happy that are beyond what's in your micro environment. I feel like all of that is there and it, no matter which way you shake it, like it kind of just feels like he's trying to get to a better place. At least, you know, it, it doesn't have that feeling that the first half of the, half of the album had. Right. Where there's such a desire on Sella. He talks about like, yay needing to be made free and <laughs> the things that he'll get follow god there's that conflict as well like there's just tension in all of those yes. songs and it, some of them even end in screaming <laughs> so now to have just 
we have everything we need. And instead of screaming, you have Aunt Clemens doing a very like, <laughs> like it's musical and cheerful. Uh, it's just hugely different tones. The second chorus comes back, same lyrics, but there's a bit more to the production the second time we hear it. Yeah, it's, um, you'll see in the song, actually, it's, it's kind of cool. The three choruses we hear from Ty Dollar Sign at, at the beginning, uh, there's nothing backing his voice. It is completely empty room. Like, it, his voice really reverberates in that way. And then the second time here, there's like kind of this clicking sound going on behind. I think that's cool because, you know, the rest of the song, Kanye's verses, Aunt Clement's refrain, they all have the same backing instrumentation behind them. What changes is Ty Dollar Sign's part, and it forces you as the listener to completely reevaluate what he's saying each time. And because the backing instrumentation, because there's a different synth sound, like it each time it carries a different kind of weight. And to me, it, like it just continually gains more and more weight. And here it's coming after you know repeating everything we need over and over. It's it's one thing to say at the beginning, like we began after the storm inside and the context before that was just all the songs that came before it on the album. Here, we began after the storm inside after this refrain of like, we have everything we need and the kind of this humbleness. I think that's interesting. Like you don't know quite how to read it right then and there. If these little tricks in the production too and shifts in the production aren't uncommon for Kanye. Um, I think because he views songs as very cinematic in nature, songs tend to progress and change as he builds more and more meaning into the song. Mm. One of the best uh, executions of this that I can think of is on Yay, I Thought About Killing You. When we get the initial philosophical musings, it's just Kanye kind of speaking, like spoken word style. Mm -hmm. Today I seriously thought about killing you. I contemplated, premeditated murder. And I think about killing myself and I love myself way more than I love you, so. Today I thought about killing you. Premeditated murder. And then when we get into the second verse, Kanye starts rapping or having more of a flow to how he's speaking. And there's a bit more bass, a bit more synthiness to what's going on. Premeditated murder. I called up my loved ones. I called up my cousins. I called up the Muslims. Said I'm about to go dumb. Get so bright it's no sun. It's still not musical, right? In the background with the instrumentation. But there's more of a sense of this is now a song. And then by the third verse, Kanye's full out rapping and there's a backbeat there's music like it's a song now it's what we recognize it's a different type of rules that we obey yeah 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 season nigga we obey we was all born to die but you see kanye ramping up from the first second into the third and the music accompanying that and really adding to the sense of what his mental state is and being part of the mental state when he's calm there's no music and as he gets that attitude up the music is kind of part of that environment or bursting from that uh, mentality that he has which then happens on yikes as well where you have kanye kind of trying to uh, sing the refrain while screaming in the background right <laughs> Right. Um, and by the third verse, there's a there's an overlap of those elements. So 
that superficial aspect to just having there being different music with Ty Dollar Sign in the chorus is something that we've seen Kanye use to actually having more depth in other songs throughout his discography. Mm. So we always kind of note it as a point of interest. Uh, the exact meaning of it in this part, eh. <laughs> but <laughs> that it's happening is worth noting. Yeah, I think it's cool just because like everything you described with I Thought About Killing You really comes to describe the album's journey, you know, the entire journey of Ye and Kanye's battle with himself. The, what we see over the course of I Thought About Killing You is Kanye being reflective at the beginning, saying like, I thought about killing you and you is this other part of himself, you know, that he finds ugly, that he thinks he can't control. And slowly throughout the song, as he ramps up, the other part of himself comes out. And the album becomes not a battle with himself, but uh, coming to terms with himself and finding peace with this other aggressive part of himself. Uh, same thing I think is happening here in Everything We Need. You don't know exactly why the chorus changes each time Ty Dollar Sign comes in. You don't know why the instrumentation is different, but you know that it comes to reflect what you're hearing on the album. Like this song kind of has a chiastic structure like the album. It is the middle point of the album. It is a transitional song and it's transitioning to something. I, I don't know. It's almost seems unimportant to like assign meaning to it. It's not transition, transitioning to anything specific. It just is transitioning. It's gaining power in each chorus. It becomes something different by the end as you head into the next part of the album. And that's all that matters. You're making me think about um, everything. What is it? <laughs> uh, every hour versus Jesus is Lord. Mm. And kind of the the build from like not having... We've talked about how the build of the album is from at the very start and every hour, Kanye being told that he needs to add his voice to the choir. And then by the end on Jesus is Lord, he's adding his voice to the choir. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Every knee shall bow. So he goes is not part of the group to becoming part of the group. And just the sense of like there being emptiness at the beginning and then a fullness at the end of the last chorus. It just makes me think of how that happens with the brass instruments on Jesus is Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And this song is really stripped free of any sort of brass instrumentation it it's it, as we've noted like very much the middle part of the album it doesn't sound like the first half of the album and it doesn't really sound like the second half of the album it's just this middle point switch my switch my attitude i'm so i'm so radical all these people mad at do this for who it mattered to what if eve made apple juice you gonna do what adam do or say baby let's put this back on the tree because so then we have the second verse uh kanye speaks more in the uh first person direct rather than the second person you switch my switch my attitude I'm so, I'm so radical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we know that Kanye has been pretty radical. And it's an interesting moment because I, I feel like all of us know how much comfort Kanye takes from the idea of being a radical and how much kind of pride he takes from it and inspiration and how much a lot of Kanye fans take from him having that daringness to him. So when he talks about switching his attitude and being so radical and how him being radical seems to cause all these people to be mad at him, <laughs> um, it's curious what he means by that because it seems doubtful that he talks about abandoning <laughs> all of his convictions and like radical nature, right? I mean, he's still Kanye West, but it does seem to imply that there's a an awareness of trouble mm -hmm. that has been caused the same way that on yay he talks about with would it leave understanding <laughs> what he's done and where the conflict comes in from his behavior and how people respond to his behavior and a need to act in better ways which is why the last few songs on the album are about improving behavior um and having this 
appreciative understanding. So when he talks about all these people mad at dude, uh, this is for who it mattered to. Like if you're one of these people <laughs> that yeah. are mad at him, then listen up. Like he's going to ask you these questions. Mm. What if Eve made apple juice? You going to do what Adam do or say, baby, let's put it back on the tree. Let's put this back in the tree. Like, it's an interesting response to everybody. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with all that, but again, because this is the middle part of the album and it's coming out of the combative part of the album into the more peaceful part. I still think there are different ways you could read these lines. Like if you, like if you think in the first verse, when Kanye says, switch your, switch your attitude, it could be people saying that to him, that he needs to change it. And then the second verse is his sarcastic response to it. Switch my, switch my attitude. I know I'm so radical. Everyone's mad at me. And then this is for who it mattered to could just be more of like a turning point and like, well, all these people could be mad at me all they want. I'm just going to do this for who it matters to, which is my family and my friends and people who believe in me. Um, I just, I don't know if that's true. And especially after everything you said, I don't think that's true, but, um, it's just something else I love about the song and Kanye's vagueness sometimes is that both kind of work and both kind of fit with the journey of the album. Like Kanye isn't just a better person on the song suddenly, you know, a better Christian. He's in that transition phase, which means he could still have some ugly thoughts. Absolutely. And you saying that this, uh, the second reading kind of took shape in my head as you described that. Because if you're reading it that second way of it's somebody talking to Kanye in the first verse, telling him to switch your attitude because, you know, life's too short, go spoil yourself. And their idea is we have everything we need. There's a superficiality to that then. Mm -hmm. Like it's because life's too short, like you should enjoy yourself. It's indulgence again, which indulgence has been one of the <laughs> great villains in Kanye's discography. Um and that would make everything we need kind of superficial the first time we hear it. But when Kanye responds with switch my, switch my attitude, if you're reading it as a direct response to that person, then him talking about like, if Eve made apple juice, you get to do what Adam do. Are you just going to drink it because life's too short and you have to spoil it yourself and yeah. enjoy yourself? And he's like, no, no, like you're going to put it back on the tree because God has given us everything that we need. Mm. So that second time we get everything we need, it's in the context of God rather than in the context of just superficial indulgence. Yeah. And having that contrast between the first and the second shows kind of the contrast where Kanye's at at this point. He's not somebody that's just going to indulge. He's somebody that's going to put it back in the tree because he doesn't need everything that we need in the material world. He needs everything that God is providing. That's awesome. That's so beautiful that either way you read it, it kind of gets to this pretty similar point of we have everything we need. He still gets to a similar point in his character journey. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> like it, I think that's the thing we often have our definitive reading of songs. <laughs> and I think for the most part that can be challenged typically I won't say all the time, but it's, <laughs> I think generally the idea is even if you disagree with some of the line by line analysis, we should be able to agree just there's still transition. Whether you read the first verse as Kanye talking to himself, somebody speaking to Kanye, whether you read the second verse as kind of uh, that counter comment or just further eluc uh, elucidation by Kanye, it, you still get the same thing. He's in this transition period. He's acknowledging that God provides everything that we need and he's going to move on with that spirit. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I guess if we are reading in that first way where he's addressing people that are mad at him, what if Eve made apple juice is a pretty funny question to ask. <laughs> I love that about Kanye. He always like, modernizes things a little bit because these lines don't even really make sense if you think about them like logically like what if eve pulled an apple from the tree made apple juice kanye's response to that is to put it 
back, but how are you putting it? I don't know, but I still love it. <laughs> you just hang the glass of apple juice from the tree. I guess so. Really, it's the same thing. It came from the apple. <laughs> but yeah, that's great. I, I love that imagery. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Now that I've said the second theory, I'm even trying to figure out how the first theory now, like how this response makes sense to those who it matters to. Mm. I guess it would just be showing that for those that matter to like, he is having this understanding of not trying to have everything the way that Adam did before and just acknowledging that like they're already in the garden of Eden. Like they have plenty. Why do you need to have apple juice? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the last refrain, which is again, completely the same. <laughs> like it sounds the exact same, same back instrumentation. And then, you know, we head into the chorus that one last time and it's so different. There's this like this dreamy resounding synth that reverberates underneath Ty dollar sign. And like, it just sounds completely different from the beginning where it's completely stripped away. I don't know. It, I, I think it really just like lends power to this moment and how Connie really is ready to begin again after the storm we've experienced in the first half of the album. I just love that it has more of that, whether there's like a specific narrative meaning there or not, just the idea that the song has a sonic journey that it goes on through the chorus yeah. where you can keep everything else sounding the same, but just by giving the chorus emptiness, a primordial... Uh, instrumentation under it and then a full resounding complete it really does give the song independently its own sense of beginning middle and end or beginning and conclusion which just a little thing that i think <laughs> makes a huge difference yeah it's the shit we nerd out on yeah very much so we're songs that say stagnant i get so bored by <laughs> and you know like i even understand someone having an aversion to that or not even really caring about that when you have songs like runaway or hell of a life or all of the lights that have so many different parts and move so much and are so bombastic i can see listening to everything we need and not really being impressed by it but uh, i think there's just as much power in what you described like this this discernible sonic journey that happens like something so specific and something so purposely done that you can't help but think like there's a there's a reason for that like it almost requires more thought process from you <laughs> to like reevaluate <laughs> what the song is and like figure out what it means as opposed to just like you know just steeping in the lushness of a song like all of the lights like you really do have to kind of do work to figure out what the meaning of the sonic nature of the song is yeah, you got to meditate on it to get it straight. Absolutely. Well, so that's everything we need. <laughs> and that'll lead nicely into water, which, you know, you talked about baptism yeah. uh, a few times in this episode. And what do you need for a baptism, Travis? <laughs> Whole lot of Coca-Cola. I mean, water. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could water. use Coca-Cola. I guess so. Seems very dystopian, right? Yeah, it's made of water. I imagine a dystopian world where water has become like in such short supply. All we have are manufactured soft drinks uh -huh. that are using like a water substitute. So people now start doing baptisms and Coca-Cola. Sounds awesome. Let's get the uh, actually let's go ahead and cut this part out of the podcast and get started that script right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right three years from now we see a movie and it's just like in a dystopian future where water is scarce one product rules them all coca-cola welcome to planet coke <laughs> oh planet coke such a great title yeah <laughs> <sighs> Well, you know, I got to say, though, I'm satisfied that we spent an hour talking about a song that's less than two minutes long. It's what we do, baby. <laughs> it's the watching the throne guarantee. Yeah. Doing too much. We, we will make a big deal about everything. <laughs> deal with it.
If you want to see the big deal we made about the rest of Kanye's discography, you can go to Patreon and listen to all of our old episodes. Patreon.com slash Kanye podcast. <laughs> We've covered pretty much every single Kanye West song, so go have fun with that. Yeah, everything except Cruel Summer and much to <laughs> a lot of people's <laughs> chagrin, Watch the Throne. We're going to cover Watch the Throne, though. Don't worry. Yeah, it'll happen. It'll happen. Hmm. Anything else? No, this was uh, this was a fun one. It was. Thank you for enjoying it with us. And uh, if you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, you can go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at Kanye Podcast, and we'll be happy to hear them. Hmm. And uh, in the meantime, don't get coronavirus and stay wavy. Yeah, do your part. Keep it loopy. Hmm. And holy. Tell 